Hey there, everybody. Listen, first off, thank you all so much for the many, many birthday wishes that reached me last week. It was really nice to get away for a couple days. And I did have a specific goal when I put out my Edith Piaf episode last week, and that was that David would listen to her and have a new or increased, at least, appreciation for her. And I do think I succeeded in that. He told me he still thinks her voice reaches his ears like fingernails on a chalkboard. But what can you do? You either like it or you don't. Inspired by Piaf and my love for all things Gallic, I have decided to do a French mini-series, including this week's episode, and then with a week off for... Halloween, concluding with one more in two weeks' time. This week, we're going to hear something completely different, so let's get going with it, okay? Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. Each week, you will encounter me, Daniel Gundlach, as your host, guiding you along a magical route that will bring us closer to the voices of those singers that most enchant and transform us, no matter what else is going on in the world. Thank you for joining me on that path. This week's episode.
for anybody who knows and loves her, of course, you recognize the voice of Anamofo singing Paso del Prat, Go Through the Meadow, one of a series of orchestrated and lushly arranged songs of the Auvergne, Chant d'Auvergne, by the French composer Joseph Conteloube. He lived from 1879 to 1957. The path that he took to composition was not an unbroken one. He began his adult life working in a bank, and eventually, after the death of his mother and a near-death experience, he made a promise to himself that he would devote himself to music, and he began studying via correspondence course with the French composer Vincent Dandy who convinced him that he needed to come to Paris to study. And so he did that. From 1907 to 1914, he studied under Dandy at the Schola Cantorum in Paris. Among his friends there were the composer Deodat de Severac, who is as closely associated with the music and folklore of Provence as Canteloube is with the music of the Auvergne. It may surprise people to know that Canteloube also wrote a vast number of original works in addition to his collections of French folk song, which includes two completed operas, orchestral songs, and a lot of chamber music, among many other compositions. Of course, he's primarily known today for the lush and beautiful Chanson d'Auvergne, of which Bailero is no doubt the most famous. These songs began life in piano versions, and I'm going to play a very unusual version for you today. These songs are also primarily associated with sopranos, and nearly every single singer that we're hearing today, with I think one exception, recorded a gorgeous version of the bailero. And there were so many to choose from that I simply couldn't pick one from among so many gorgeous versions by Sopranos. So I chose a rare recording by a male singer instead. I have for you today one of my very favorite singers and a French one to boot, Gérard Sousset, accompanied by the superb Dalton Baldwin. This is an excerpt from his 1959 recording, Songs of Many Lands. And the bailero is a shepherd's song who calls across the hills of the Auvergne to his companion on the other side of the stream. The one invites his friend to come over and visit him. And the other says, I can't because a stream separates us. And the other says, then I'll come and get you. So when we hear the echoed response through the magic of 1959 sound effects in this recording... That's what we're hearing. We're hearing the response of the companion shepherd on the other side of the expanse.
My listeners already know how interested I am in orchestral song. I've done several episodes that featured it, and I have another one coming up in season five that features Elisabeth Söderström singing Nordic orchestral song. But I'm also very interested in folk music as refracted through a quote-unquote classical lens. This was a phenomenon that took root, really. Well, you hear folk elements in music going as far back as Mozart and even before that. But in the 19th century, it became more of a phenomenon with composers such as Liszt, Brahms, Smetana, and Dvorak using folk elements from their own traditions and from, quote-unquote, forgive me, gypsy traditions in particular. But later, in the 20th century, there were researchers, also better known as composers today, who went out with recording machines and collected folk songs from among those who sang it as indigenous members of that tradition. These composers, of course, include Béla Bartók and Zoltán Kodály and Rayfon Williams and Joseph Conteloub, because he also collected, as we would say in German, gesammelt much of this music, and then it became very much an element of their compositions. And in the case of all of the four that I mentioned, they also did arrangements of that music. Conteloubes, I would say, are the most elaborate. These orchestrations are out of this world. They're just so layered, so textured. They're sometimes interludes, as in the example that we're going to hear next. These are two songs called De Bourré, and the Bourré was a popular song type in the Auvergne. And in fact, in 1925, Conteloube founded a group called La Bourré, whose aim was to spread the folklore, including the music, of the Auvergne region. Here's a quote from him. The songs of the farmland can reach the highest level of pure art in feeling and expression, as well as in form. And he collected songs not just from the Auvergne, but around all of France. It's, of course, the Auvergne songs, which, as I just described, were so lushly orchestrated, they really became the centerpiece of his renown. Songs that are still performed with great popularity and by a huge number of singers, including many of today's singers. But we're going to go back now. I mentioned we were going to hear De Bourré, and we're going to hear them performed by the French soprano Madeleine Gray, who was the first singer to widely perform these, and indeed the very first also to record them. Gray lived from 1896 to 1979. She's also famous for having premiered works of both Gabriel Fauré, his Song Cycle Mirage, and Maurice Ravel, his Chanson Madicas in particular. Conteloube dedicated an early set of the Chant d'Auvergne. Oh, I should tell you this. They exist in five different so-called books or series, and they were published between the years of 1924 and 1955, when the last and longest book, a collection of eight, were published. But he dedicated one of the first four books to Madeleine Gray, who then performed them extensively and, as I said, recorded them. Now I'm repeating myself, please forgive me. I'm trying to pick up the pace here a little bit. So let me just tell you what these two bourrées are. They are the final songs of the second series. And I'm not going to attempt to say the dialect here. 
But the first one is, I have no girl to love me, I'm only a shepherd. On the bridge to Antrigo, there are two birds, only for lovers do they sing. In the fields of Andune, pretty flowers are blooming, blue, red, and every other color. I'm going to pick them and bring them to the girl I love. Then there is a beautiful instrumental interlude where one hears various solo instruments used with great generosity and local color. The second of the two bourrées is called the quail, l'ocaillet. Tell me, quail, where's your nest? It's near the well of the little farmhouse. And what's it made of? Hair and rabbit's fur. And what's in the nest? There are eggs in it, like all the other nests, but mine are much prettier. The pickup orchestra is conducted by Eli Cohen, who was a mainstay at the Opéra Comique from the 20s through 1940, and also led a number of classic French opera recordings for the Columbia label in the 20s and 30s.
Pontelub himself was an amazing pianist, and in 1949, he recorded a group not of the Chant d'Auvergne, but a different collection of his songs called the Chant de France, with a young soprano who had come to him direct from the Auvergne region. Conteloube himself stated on a couple different occasions that he found this soprano, named Lucie Dolaine, to be the ideal interpreter of his songs. Now, when we listen to her, we hear the voice of Snow White, for instance. And it's not insignificant that Lucie Dolaine went on to record the voice of Snow White for the French dubbed version of that movie. I found a description by a reviewer, which I found pretty amusing. Let me see if I can find it. These very interesting recordings, you can put uh, interesting in scare quotes if you like, were re-released a few years ago on the Australian Eloquence label. And the recording was reviewed by Ralph Moore on Music Web International, and he says, The weirdness of the Lucy Dolen baby doll voicelet almost robs me of words adequate to express my surprise and revulsion. This first CD release on DECA should be its last. It should never have seen the light of day as it is an affront to the art of singing. Apparently, the legend was promulgated that the singer was 15 years old when she recorded these songs with the inexplicable approval and still deft accompaniment of the elderly composer. In fact, as the notes make clear, she was nearer 19. Her diction and musicality are remarkable, but in purely vocal terms, the result is either a peculiarity or an abomination, depending on the severity with which you apply the strictures which govern proper vocal technique. Anyway, here's a brief excerpt from that collection. This is Du Bon Matin, Je Me Suis Levé, and it is from the Auvergne region. exist in a number of different versions. There are both the original piano versions as well as the orchestrated versions, and in addition, there are also arrangements made by other composers for smaller ensembles, either chamber orchestra or a smaller group of instrumentalists. The originals are for very big orchestras, which make them perfect programming when a soprano is doing a guest appearance, for instance, with a sizable symphony orchestra. The next example we're going to hear is an arrangement of one of the most beautiful of the songs from Series 2, Lo Delessado, The Abandoned One. 
The arrangement here is by the French composer Jean-Guy Bailly, and they are performed by the delicious soprano Marvis Martin, accompanied by the Orchestre d'Auvergne, conducted by the violinist and conductor Jean-Jacques Contereau. I have been a huge lover of Marvis Martin ever since she appeared in a recital at the University of Illinois when I was a student there in the mid-1980s. I will never forget her performance of Depuis le Jour, which was just so radiant and gorgeous. She had a wonderful career, didn't make so many recordings, though, so it's nice that we have this one of a generous selection of the Chant d'Auvergne. A shepherdess is waiting for her lover over in the grove on the hill, but, sadly, he doesn't show up. Ah, he's left me. I don't see my sweetheart. I was certain he loved me, for I love him so. Now only the evening star keeps the young shepherdess company.
An earlier arrangement for a smaller chamber ensemble was made by Sam Feldman in the late 40s, and they were performed and recorded by the folk singer Susan Reed, who for a very short time in the late 1940s through the early 60s was a celebrated folk singer who appeared in all the poshest nightclubs in New York, always accompanying herself on various kinds of plucked instruments. She made recordings for the newly minted Electra Records label, as well as this collection of songs of the Auvergne for Columbia Records, which she also performed at New York's Town Hall in 1950. She also appeared in a couple of Hollywood films, so she had, for a very brief time, a very high profile. Now, I find her voice, unlike Lucie Dolaine, to be extremely fresh and clear and beautiful, and I really enjoy her singing. The instrumental ensemble is comprised of a number of famous instrumentalists of the period, led by the pianist George Reeves, who was also the accompanist for many years of Jenny Tourell. The song is Pastourelle, book four, number five. And it's another bailero, the call that one shepherd uses to communicate with another one across the wide expanse. In this case, the one is calling out, Have you seen the hare gone harvesting, sickle in his front paws, a brioche on his back, and a key hanging from it? And the other replies, I've done better than see him, I've caught him. The other asks, What have you done with his pelt, his ears, his tail? And the other says, Of his skin I made a coat, of his ears a pair of gloves, and of his tail a bugle. And if you want to buy them, I'll bring them to you.
Another of the most famous recordings of the Chant d'Auvergne is on Barbara Streisand's Classical Barbara record, which was released in 1976. This is the Brezairola, which is a lullaby, and surely one of the most famous and beautiful of Conteloube's arrangements. I think she's absolutely magnificent here. I remember going out to Camelot Music at the Janesville Mall with the intention of buying Pierre Boulez's new recording of Schoenberg's Moses und Aaron. Imagine my disappointment when arriving there and finding that it wasn't being stocked. But they did, to my delighted surprise, have this new recording by Barbara Streisand that I had been previously unaware of. So I bought that instead of Moses und Aaron. And I have to say, I certainly did get a lot of pleasure from this record, as I know so many lovers of song and of Barbara did.
there is another lullaby in the Chant d'Auvergne collection, and that's from Book 4, and it's called Perlefone for the Baby. And the words are very similar to the ones that we heard in the Brezzairola. And I have a really interesting archival recording to share with you. The singer is one Nicole Thévin, T-H-E-V-E-N, and I could find out nothing further about her, despite digging on the internet in places that normally reveal some answers. But the orchestra of Radio-Télévision Française is led in this concert on the 4th of July, 1957, by the esteemed conductor and composer Désiré Émile Ingelbrecht, who had a close alliance with Debussy himself, having been involved in the first performance, for instance, of Le Martyr de Saint-Sébastien, and who led some of the most exciting recordings and performances of Pelias et Mélisande that I have ever heard. This gives you a sense of a voice that sounds more or less like a folk singer, but it also gives the chance to hear Ingelbrecht conducting and what the timbres of these French instrumentalists sounded like. It almost sounds like they're different instruments altogether. That tanginess, that vibrato in the winds is also heard in that recording with Madeleine Gray and Elie Cohen. Oh, oh, oh. 
Now, I told you that very few baritones or tenors ever sang the songs of the Auvergne, but I found a 2007 recording by a baritone named Bernard Bouchex, who appears to be a man of some means who writes books about French history and has recorded a number of songs in a quite creditable baritone voice. He's also a painter of some skill. So I couldn't find all that much more about him, but I do want to offer you just a super brief excerpt of one of the perkier of the songs, Telcote, which means run, dog, run. The shepherd calls after the dog to stop that cow who's getting away. And then the dog does his job and the shepherd praises him for his efforts. The wonderful pianist here is named Olivier Bénard. Camino, 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 pequeño. Te pierdo lo gusto, pierdo lo gusto. Te esto coi, esto lo beni, beni, beni te. Now we're going to hear another one of these very characterful songs, also from Book Four. It's called, oh dear, I'm not going to be able to say this very well, E Belaz Diofe, or something like that. I can't even approximate it, but the title translates to, hey, give that poor donkey some hay. Poor thing, a creature has to eat to be able to work. The second verse, the shepherd says, well, my sweetheart still hasn't come, but I'll dance with a girl some way or other. And in the third verse, he says, this mountain girl really knows how to dance. Look at her stamping her feet on the hard ground. The singer we're going to hear in this instance needs a little bit of introduction. Her name is Netanya Davrat, and she was born in Ukraine in the year 1931 and died in Israel in the year 1987. She studied under Jenny Turell, whom I just mentioned a couple minutes ago, and she sang music from Baroque to contemporary with many of the major orchestras in the United States, and she also had a significant career in Israel as both singer and teacher. And her most lasting artistic achievement, I would say, is her complete recording from 1963 for Vanguard Records of the Conteloube Songs of the Auvergne, which to this day is recognized as the most authentic recording ever made of these songs. According to the liner notes, preparation for this recording included six months of intense study with a coach skilled in the original dialect of the Auvergne. These songs are models of musical taste and creative insight. Davrat mastered them as a new role to bring to life with deep understanding and refined vocal artistry. These songs have become a repository, especially in recent years, for the most lush singing and playing imaginable. But Davrat brings something different to this collection. There's a lot of ping, there's a lot of character, and nobody brings out that character better and more vividly than Netanya Davrat. This is the first of two brief selections we'll be hearing from her. Here she is, making sure that that donkey gets something substantial to eat. (laughs) 
Another of the most delicious character songs is called Lo Cucut, the Cuckoo. While the orchestral version of this song is absolutely delightful, I'm going to play instead a 1966 recording made by Régine Crespin, where she is accompanied by my beloved teacher, John Wustman. And man, did he have the piano chops. Let's just say that. I don't know how he did it. He could play anything, and he inspired me so much and really changed the entire way that I thought about music. And he loved Crespin as well. She was one of his favorite singers to work with. Here they are performing Le Cucut. The cuckoo is a lovely bird. There's nothing more beautiful. Tell me, have you heard the cuckoo sing? In the back of the meadow, there's a tree in bloom, and the cuckoo sings there. Haven't you heard the cuckoo sing? If all the cuckoos each had a little bell, they would make a sound equal to that of 500 trumpets. Oh, 
I mentioned that Conteloub did collections of other folk songs as well, but accompanied solely by piano. And I'm going to offer one of those to you right now from his collection of Chants du Languedoc, Oup, which also celebrates the song of the cuckoo. Oup, have you ever heard the cricket sing? Have you ever heard the cuckoo sing? The villagers agreed that they were going to hunt the cuckoo down because of the noise he makes, singing day and night, worrying men both young and old. They have taken great pains going through the woods and fields to hunt the cuckoo, but their efforts have been completely in vain because in the mountains the cuckoo is still very much alive. In this 1986 recording, we hear the delicious Ellie Ameling. You all know, because I featured her on numerous episodes already on Counter Melody, how much I adore her, and she's accompanied here by the Dutch pianist Rudolf Janssen. So I will just mention, because we've just heard a song not from the Chant d'Auvergne, that I'm going to be doing a bonus episode this week featuring other compositions of Joseph Conteloube, or to give you his complete name, Marie-Joseph Conteloube de Malaret. He wrote some absolutely beautiful songs, a cycle called Triptyque, which has been recorded by Frédéric von Stade and Véronique Jans, and also a truly exceptional song cycle for voice and piano called La Rada, The Earth. So we'll be hearing excerpts from both of those pieces, as well as further collections of folk songs, some of them even accompanied by Conteloube. So, if you're interested in hearing that bonus episode, I think you know what to do by now. You go to patreon.com slash countermelody, and if you are not yet a supporter, you can make a pledge so that you can access any or all of the 82 bonus episodes that I have thus far put out, including this most recent one that will probably go up later today or tomorrow. But let us now return to the Chant d'Auvergne. This is a long episode, I know. I just couldn't help myself because there's so many gorgeous recordings. And we're going to hear now one excerpt each from the three recordings of these songs that really brought them to world prominence. The first was made by the Spanish soprano Victoria de los Angeles. 
She released two different volumes in 1973 and 1975. Already by this point, her voice had lost some of its sheen, but these were a very successful series of recordings indeed, especially the first recording from 1973, which was also coupled by the Chausson orchestral song cycle Poème de l'amour et de la mer. I did not include an orchestral version of the Bailero, and sadly, because it's such a long program, I couldn't really include one. But if you want to hear a particularly exquisite version, please go to De Los Angeles, because it's out of this world. We're going to hear her in the song Shoot Shoot, an interjection which can mean anything. It can mean hush hush, or it can indicate the sound of a kiss. And in this song, it has both meanings. My father told me to watch the cattle. Shh, shh, don't make so much noise. Once I got up there, my lover joined me. I didn't spin much yarn while I was there. Instead, I got kissed and kissed. There may be girls with fancier clothes, but I think it's better to get kisses. In this series of recordings, we hear the Orchestre L'Amoureux, led by the French conductor Jean-Pierre Jacquillat. Now we shall hear an excerpt from surely the most famous recording of this cycle by the Maori soprano Kiri Takanoa, who in her series of recordings was led by Jeffrey Tate conducting the English Chamber Orchestra. These are the most lushly sung, played, and recorded performances of these songs, sort of the polar opposite of the sly edge that one hears from Netanya Davrat, for instance. Kiri, with her incredibly beautiful voice, pours on the vocal velvet, and the instrumental soloists are out of this world. 
So if you like just to sit back and bathe in a wall of gorgeous sound, these are the recordings for you. But I found one that had a little bit more character. This is from series five, number two, Con Zero Petitune, When I Was a Little Girl. When I was a little girl, they called me Nanon, and I minded the flocks in the shade of a green bough. I fell asleep beneath the budding tree. Three knights came riding by and said, Hello, lovely one. And I said, Ride on, don't you come near me. My loving is not for you. Now we shall hear another song from the fifth series with another of the most gorgeous singers of these songs, the American mezzo-soprano Frederica von Stade. I just heard the other day a very late career recording of hers doing La Vie en Rose, and I have to say there are very few singers that had that kind of connection to what they were singing about. I was speaking a few weeks ago about Irmgard Seyfried, and I think that von Stade brings a similar kind of magic 
and connection to all of the music that she sings. And in this song, Uno Jonto Pasturo, a lovely shepherd lass, her plangent, poignant tones are particularly apt. A lovely shepherd lass, seated on the grass, wept for her lover. Now's the time when he should be coming home, but he's given some other shepherdess his heart. I'm like the poor turtle dove that has lost her mate. Von Stade was accompanied in her recordings by the Portuguese conductor Antonio de Almeida leading the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. And these are many people's very favorite versions, and they certainly rank very high in my estimation as well.
Next, we shall hear an excerpt from a recording by one of my favorite sopranos, Jill Gomez, the Trinidadian British soprano who just last month celebrated her 81st birthday. I also featured her recently on my Ian Partridge episode singing a duet from Schumann's Der Rose Pilgerfahrt. These days, she is known as Jill Carnegie, the Countess of Northesk, and she began her operatic career in the late 1960s, and she is a singer who is not one to sit on her laurels. She has sung such a wide range of music, including creating the role in 1995 of the Duchess of Argyll in Thomas Addis's opera Powder Her Face. Other works that she premiered were Michael Tippett's The Knot Garden, Thea Musgrave's The Voice of Ariadne, and William Alwyn's Miss Julie. There's such a smoky quality in her sound, and it's also got a little bit of an edge, but there is, at the core of it, an indescribable beauty. And I'm such a fan of hers, and I really am going to do a full episode on her in the very near future. From her 1985 recording of excerpts from the series, led by Vernon Handley, conducting the Royal Liverpool Philharmonic Orchestra, we're going to hear Pasturo Setumemo, or something like that. Shepherdess, if you love me, take me out of my misery. I'll give you a dress with a pretty apron. The other girls will have nothing as lovely. And then there's this little tiruliruli outburst that is used in various of these songs. Next, we shall hear from a live 1961 performance with Marnie Nixon and Leonard Bernstein leading the New York Philharmonic, one of the more popular songs from the series, Lo Fielaire, The Spinner. And Nixon introduces it herself in a charming and inimitable and apparently completely off-the-cuff, spontaneous manner. This is from Bernstein's series of young people's concerts. And the performance took place on the 8th of April, 1961. When I was a little girl, I used to watch the sheep. And then she spins a little and she makes fast little spinning sounds. Then she says, there was a shepherd with me and he helped me watch the sheep. He asked me for a kiss 
and out of gratitude, I gave him two. Now another live excerpt with the New York Philharmonic, this time led by Kurt Mazur, with the wonderful soprano Dawn Upshaw, who also recorded the complete songs of the Auvergne with Kent Nagano. But I'm going to play you her live version of a song from Series 4 called Oi Aye. It describes a lazy girl who simply can't be bothered to get out of bed. I don't have a hat to wear. So Pierre runs to the fair, buys one, carries it back, presents it to her, but she still hasn't gotten out of bed. Next, she says, I don't have a petticoat either. So Pierre repeats the action, goes and buys her one and brings it back. Then she says, oh gosh, I don't have a chemise either. So Pierre once again goes to the fair and repeats the whole procedure and brings it to her. And she says, well, I've got everything I need. I guess I have to get dressed now. So she puts all of her clothes on and checks herself out in the mirror and remarks upon her exceeding beauty. This performance is from February 1998. And Upshaw characterizes it so gorgeously. She may not have had as much voice as some of these other singers, but she was such an intrepid performer and imaginative interpreter, and she remains so to this day. So kudos to her. Porto, che lo ritorni, che risparmi vado, ciò me ne scende, ma 
Kudos are also due to the late Arlene Auger, who also recorded a group of songs of the Auvergne in the year 1988 with Jan-Pascal Tortelier leading the English Chamber Orchestra. This is one of the more tragic songs, Jules Pont de Mirabelle, and it's from series four. By Mirabelle Bridge one day, Catherine was doing her wash. Three army men on horseback happened to pass by. Afterwards, by Mirabel Bridge, Catherine was left weeping.
So many of these songs involve men trying to convince young women to go off with them and do the deed. And indeed, in this next one that we're going to hear, La Pastruletta et lo Chibaye, or something like that, The Shepherdess and the Boy, we encounter the exact same sort of situation. The boy says, may I help you watch your sheep? I don't need help. Come over here, young shepherdess, and sit in the shade with me. But the shade is damp with dew. Over there, the heather is dry. Let's go over there for an hour or so. Once again, we hear Netanya Davrat with the orchestra led by Pierre de la Roche. Finally, we conclude today's episode with a surprising message of emancipation in the song Maluros Kaunofenno from Book 3. The first verse is the usual, you can't live with them, you can't live without them kind of message. Miserable is the man who has a wife, and miserable is he who has none. He who doesn't have one wants one, and he who has one doesn't. But in the second verse, we hear the response of the woman. Fortunate is the woman who has the man she needs, but even more fortunate is the woman who doesn't need a man at all. This is the most recent of the performances I featured, and as I mentioned, these songs remain very popular and they have received countless recent recordings as well, but I've chosen to focus mostly on the artists of the past, as I always do. In this case, we hear the Italian soprano Anna Caterina Antonacci, who is one of the most vital and fascinating performers appearing before the public today. This was a performance live in London in the year 2010 with the BBC National Orchestra of Wales, led by François-Xavier Roth. Oh, my God. 
My dear friends, keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Gundlach. <laughs>